بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وارزقنا علما تنفعنا به آمين رب العالمين الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله we thank and we praise Allah عز وجل as we've reached our lesson number two today of the of the, uh, the the prophetic morning and evening adhkar cause uh, alhamdulillah in our previous lesson we spoke about the fiqh of the morning and evening adhkar we spoke about its importance the great status that it has in al-islam and the role that it plays in the life of a muslim and we also spoke about uh, the timing of these adhkar yani when uh, is the morning supposed to be done and when is the evening adhkar supposed to be done? And we explained that uh, with its evidences, walhamdulillah. And then we spoke about the method that one should follow when reciting these adhkar or some rules that should be applied or that certain things that should be avoided when um, doing these adhkar, walhamdulillah. In today's lesson, which is lesson number two, we will explain and do some commentary of the various adhkar. And this will be our approach from... Uh, the, from now until the end of the course, bi idnillahi ta'ala, we will look at the text of the ahadith, uh, or at least certain of them where we're required, and then we will look at the explanation of the wording of the adhkar, and we will, spoke, we will focus on how to recite the adhkar, so, 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 so to make sure that we have the proper pronunciation of the adhkar, and um, when and how to say each dhikr, yani how many times to say each dhikr, is it once, is it twice, is it thrice, is it seven times and so forth. Um, and is it specific to the morning or this one specific to the evening or is it sometimes for the morning, sometimes for the evening. And we'll explain that as we go along, bi ta'ala. So the first dhikr that we look at is the tahleel. We will look at the first of the morning and evening adhkar that we will focus on is one of the most important one of the greatest of them and one that carries with it tremendous rewards and that is the tahleel. The tahleel refers to the saying la ilaha illallah or the saying la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamd wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. Just like we have famously tasbih means to say subhanallah, tahmeed means to say alhamdulillah, takbir means to say Allahu Akbar, tahleel means to say la ilaha illallah or la ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika lah, lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. So that's an important point for us to take note of. So first and foremost, the tahleel, naam, the statement of tawheed, the statement of tawheed, it is one of the most powerful statements that we have, if not the most powerful and the best of statements. And we will look at the virtues of the tahleel um, shortly bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. But before we move on and before we get to the, the benefits of this dhikr, we would like to focus on a brief explanation of the tahleel so that we have a good understanding of what the tahleel means or what this dhikr in and of itself, what it means, uh, a brief commentary on this dhikr. Well, firstly, we should, let's focus on the pronunciation of it. La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. A brief translation, there is none worthy of worship except Allah. He is alone having no partner. To him belongs the dominion and to him belongs 
the praise and he is able to do all things. So la ilaha illallah. This is kalimatul tawheed, the statement of tawheed. There is none worthy of worship except Allah. This statement has two parts to it, nafi and ithbat. That which is a negation and that which is an affirmation. The first part, la ilaha, is negation. There is no ilah. There is none worthy of worship. There is no deity or God worthy of worship. None whatsoever. Illallah, affirmation, except for Allah. Except for Allah. So this is what our kalima means. And this kalima is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens and the earth. Why he created insan. Why he created the jinn kind. It is for this kalima. To establish this kalima. This is the difference between a mu'min and a kafir. The one who believes in this kalima properly, he's a mu'min, he's a believer. The one who does not, he becomes a disbeliever. Wa na'udhu billah. So there is none that I believe in, there is none that I worship except for Allah. This is what la ilaha illallah means. There is none worthy of worship except for Allah. There is none that I make dua to except to Allah. There is none that I, 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 I pray to. Salah. There is none that I sacrifice for. There is none that I fear. There is none that I love. In terms of ubudiyah, in terms of worship, except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wahdahu la sharika lah. Alone. He is by himself. He is one. Wahdah. Wahdah, yani comes from wahid, you know, which means one. He is by himself. He is alone. La sharika lah. And he has no partner. He is by himself. He is alone. He has no partner. No partner in his names and attributes. No partner in his rububiyah. No partner in his uluhiyah. Meaning, no partner in his rububiyah. There is none that's like him in terms of his lordship. He has no partner when it comes to creation. He has no partner when it comes to his provisions that he gives to, in, to, to his creation. He's the sustainer by himself alone. No partner. That he has no assistance. No assistance needed. And he has no partner when it comes to any of his affairs or any of his actions that he needs to do in uh, taking care of creation. Whether it comes to his... Uh, provisions as we said his sustenance that he provides whether it comes to him being the only king and all of his names and attributes that we can look at he is alone in this he has no partner lahul mulku wa lahul hamd to him belongs the dominion al mulk to him belongs the kingdom to him belongs all sovereign he is the king of all kings he is the owner of every single thing to him belongs what is in the heavens what is in the earth and what is between them. Every single thing in creation belongs to him. Jalla Jalaluhu. So to him belongs the dominion. He is the owner of every single thing. His name is Al-Malik, the owner. He is Al-Malik, the king. And this is his kingdom. All of creation is his kingdom. And his treasures, they never ever deplete. They never run up. They never decrease. Lahul Mulk. To him belongs the perfect kingdom. All kingdom. Walahul Hamd, and to him belongs all praise. To him belongs the praise, or the best of praises, or the perfect praise. And Subhanallah, he truly is the one that's worthy of all praise. Firstly, because of who he is, the attributes that he possesses is worthy of praise. His perfect nature, his beautiful names, is worthy of praise. 
So the first reason that we should be praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is because of Himself, His attributes, because of His perfection, because of His, His perfect characteristics. This is already why He is praiseworthy. Why He is worthy of praise. And then of course we praise Him for His various favors and bounties that He has bestowed upon us. We think of all the goodness that we've experienced, all the favors that we experience, and we know it comes from who? It comes from Allah subhanahu So we say, Alhamdulillah. Anything good happens, the mu'min says, Alhamdulillah. And so forth. Anything happens, even if it's a bad thing, we still say, Alhamdulillah, ala kulli hal. We thank and we praise Allah under all circumstances. So He is truly the one that is worthy of all praise, and unto Him is all praise. Wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. And He is over all things capable. Or he is able to do all things. There is nothing that is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is nothing that can stop or prevent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if he wants to fulfill something. La mani'a lima a'tayt wa la mu'tiya lima mana'at. After the salah we say this dhikr, Allahumma la mani'a lima a'tayt. Oh Allah, there is none that can withhold what you give. Wa la mu'tiya lima mana'at. And there is none that can give that which you withhold. Wa huwa yujiru wa la yujaru alayhi. He is the one who protects and none can protect against him. So this is the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and likewise every single thing is in his hand, is in his capabilities, is in his decision and he's able to do whatever he wants and he does whatever he wants. The Quran tells us he does whatever he pleases, whatever he wants to do he will do it. There is none that can prevent him or stop him because he's able to do every single thing or anything. He is able to do all things ala kulli shay'in qadir. Over every single thing he is qadir, he is capable, he is able. There is nothing that, that can stop Allah or prevent Allah or there is nothing that he is unable to do or incapable of doing subhanahu wa ta'ala because he is perfect in that way. So this is a brief, very brief uh, explanation of the tahleel. La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. So the sunnah indicates to us that this dhikr should be recited 10 times in the morning and 10 times in the evening. So we explained last week, morning means after fajr until sunrise and evening means after asr until maghrib. So it should be done 10 times within this period, in the morning and in the evening. And then another hadith indicates to us that it is also a sunnah to recite this dhikr 100 times for the day and 100 times for the night 100 times for the day and 100 times for the night let's look at the hadith rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says whosoever says la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir 10 times in the morning he will have 100 good deeds written for him subhanallah and he will have 100 sins erased from him and he will have the reward of emancipating one slave written for him, freeing one slave, and he will be protected by it until the evening. Meaning, this dhikr will be a protection for him until the evening. Whomsoever says the same when he reaches the evening, he will get the same yani, until the morning. Be protected until the morning. 100 good deeds written for him, 100 sins erased for him, and from him, and one slave will be written for him يعني, as if he had freed one slave. This is a great reward for something very simple. 
to say la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir takes you approximately what, five seconds four seconds to say this ten times would not even take you a minute would not even take you one minute and of course we try to say it not too fast slowly with understanding as we explained it you try to break it down in your head in your mind as you are saying it with understanding from your heart la ilaha illallah Wahdahu la sharika lah, no partner, he's perfect. And you think how all the minute belongs to him, how he's so praiseworthy. And he's able to do anything. He's the greatest, he's the almighty. There's nothing that's more powerful than him. He's all powerful. And you think of the greatness of Allah. And now you go back and you think about the oneness, the tawheed of Allah. None worthy of worship except him. I worship none but him. And you keep repeating these words. Slowly, even if you recited it slowly, it would take you a maximum of two minutes to say this ten times in the morning, ten times in the evening. But look at the reward that Rasulullah promises us if we say this, um, you know, every morning and every evening. And this hadith is narrated by in the Muslim of Imam Ahmad and it's authenticated by Sheikh Albani rahimahullah, and by other ulama uh, as well. And the scholars have stated that it is authentic according to the conditions placed by Bukhari and Muslim. As for the hadith that mentions 100 times, it's a very similar hadith. The hadith says, Whomsoever says there is La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah, lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. 100 times a day, he will have a reward equivalent to that of freeing 10 slaves. So there's a difference here. 10 slaves and not one slave like the morning and evening. 100 good deeds will be recorded for him, 100 bad deeds will be erased from his record and that will be a protection for him from the shaitan all that day until, until the night comes, until the evening comes. And no one will bring anything better than what he has brought except a man who does more than him. Subhanallah. So this is the other difference. The one difference is he gets 10, the reward of freeing 10 slaves. And the, the hadith also says that no one will come with anything better than what he has brought except someone who either does the same or should we say has done more than him. Yani you can add if you want to do a sunnah which is a hundred, that's fine. But if you want to do more than that, that's also good because this dhikr is an extremely powerful dhikr and the more you do it, the better. The more you do it, alhamdulillah, no problem. But try to fulfill 10 in the morning, 10 in the evening and, 10, and, and 100 throughout the day. And 100 throughout, throughout the day. So notice the hadith says a day. It's not restricted to the morning for the hundred. However, we obviously encourage and we say that the earlier the better. If you can do it in the morning, then you've got it done with. It's done. Alhamdulillah, you fulfill that sunnah for the whole day. And now throughout the day, you can do whatever other dhikr you want. More of this dhikr or any other adhkar as well. Likewise, you are now in that special protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from early in the morning already. And that's not just coming throughout the day. And of course, as we know, when we procrastinate, you know, things, we get busy through the day and we end up not doing the dhikr. We become lazy later on and we end up not doing the dhikr. So the earlier, the better. This is always um, good. To speak about some of the virtues of the tahleel, we have a hadith, a well-known hadith, especially those who went on hajj will know this hadith, where the Prophet said, the best of dua is the dua of Arafah is the dua that's done on the day of Arafah. And then he said, and the best that I and the prophets before me have said, I mean, the best thing that we have made 
as a dua and as a zikr is la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamd wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir showing us that this is not just yani this is not just restricted to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam rather even the prophets before him uttered these words and it's the best of what they uttered and what he uttered and this is this shows us a great virtue of this specific wording right another hadith that speaks about the tahleel uh, rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said whoever says 10 times la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir he will have a reward equivalent to that of emancipating four of the descendants of ismail from slavery meaning four of the sons of ismail it's as if you have freed four of them from slavery now the sons of ismail yeah, this hadith, the previous hadiths did not mention the sons, it just mentioned slaves. Freeing a son of Ismail, a descendant of Ismail from slavery is even better than freeing a normal slave. This is what the scholars have mentioned, like Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani and others. So there is greater virtue in this than freeing any other slave that's not from the descendants of Ismail, for example. Tayyip, but notice what this hadith, this hadith is in Bukhari and Muslim. However, this hadith doesn't speak about the morning or the evening. This hadith doesn't speak about the morning or the evening. It just says, whoever says it 10 times, he will get this reward. Amazing. So, the one that we mentioned initially, that mentioned the 100 good deeds, 100 sayyidats wiped out and so forth, that is specific to the morning and the evening. But this, the person who says it 10 times also falls into this hadith. So it's as if he's also freeing four slaves from the sons of Ismail. Or we could say this is excluding the morning and evening. However, that also requires evidence. Wallahu a'lam. But this is also a virtue of saying the tahleel ten times. These, this hadith mentions whoever says it ten times, unrestricted. Not just to the morning and evening. Anytime he says it ten times. Anytime during the night, the morning, the day, the afternoon. He says, La ilaha illallah wahda wa la sharika la lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. Ten times, he gets the reward of equal to that of freeing four slaves from the sons of Ismail. Subhanallah. And that is, these are great rewards. And we're going to see the reward of freeing a slave for the sake of Allah. It's coming up. Another hadith mentions from Jabir ibn Abdullah, radiallahu anhu, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Afdalu dhikr, la ilaha illallah. The best of dhikr is to say la ilaha illallah. Afdalu dhikr, the best of dhikr is to say la ilaha illallah. And the best of dua, wa khayru dua is to say alhamdulillah. Or afdalu dua is to say alhamdulillah. Taib, it shows us the virtue of saying la ilaha illallah and alhamdulillah. Notice the tahleel that we are mentioning contains la ilaha illallah. We say la ilaha illallah. Wahdahu la sharika la lahul mulk wa lahul hamd. We are also basically saying something equivalent to alhamdulillah by saying lahul hamd. And praise be unto him. Or he is worthy or, or praise belongs to him and so forth. He is deserved of all praise. Depending on the translation. Um, so the tahleel that we mentioned includes both of this, these wordings. You can say the, the best of dhikr and the best of dua. Walhamdulillah. So remember we mentioned now so far. The one who says this dhikr 10 times in the morning or evening gets the reward of freeing one slave according to the first hadith in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad that we mentioned. Then the hadith in Bukhari and Muslim that we mentioned said, whoever says it 10 times unrestrictedly, any time, gets the reward of freeing four slaves from the sons of Ismail. Taib. And of course, the one who says it 100 times gets the reward of freeing 10 slaves for that day. Taib. 
What is the reward of freeing a slave? That's important to know. If, we, if the hadith is telling us you get the reward of freeing so many slaves, what is the reward of freeing a slave? The hadith in Bukhari and Muslim says, whomsoever or if somebody frees a Muslim slave, Allah will save him from the fire, will save from the fire every part of his body for freeing the corresponding parts of the slave's body. Even his private parts will be saved from the fire because of freeing the slave's private parts. What, what this hadith basically means is every single limb and part of your body or every single limb of that slave that you potentially saved from the fire, your limb will be saved as well. So if, you say, if, if the man was complete, yani he had arms and hands and legs and feet, and every, if you've saved him from slave, you've basically saved his entire body. So likewise, your entire body will then also be saved from the fire for freeing one slave. For freeing one slave. This is what the hadith tells us. Even And the hadith specifically says, even the private part. You have now saved him. You obviously saved his private part from slavery as well. So likewise, your private part as well will be saved from the fire. So your entire body will be saved from the fire because you've saved that entire man from, from slavery. Imagine this now times 10 for saying it 100 times for the day. Or times 4. And remember the slaves of Ismail is even more virtuous than being a normal slave. And then for 10 times in the morning you get this reward times 1 at least. For morning and evening again times 10 you get at least 1. In another hadith in the Muslim Imam Ahmad, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whomsoever assists a slave in acquiring his freedom, he helps a slave free himself, Allah will shade him in his shade on the day where there is no shade but his shade. Subhanallah. Allah will shade this person because he helped a slave acquire his freedom. Allah will shade him on that day, on the day of Qiyamah, where there is no shade except for his shade. Subhanallah. So this is the reward of helping someone free himself. Imagine you are acquiring this reward of freeing tens of slaves on a daily basis because you're upholding this dhikr of the tahleel ten times in the morning, ten times in the evening, a hundred times through the day. And every time you say it ten times, you get the reward of freeing four slaves on the sons of Ismail. Subhanallah. Is this not enough of a virtue for this tahleel in and of itself? Subhanallah, most, most definitely it is. So that is our first dhikr. Walhamdulillah. Morning and evening, 10 times in the morning, 10 times in the evening. 100 times throughout the day. The best is to say it as early as possible for the reasons that we mentioned. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. We move on to the next dhikr. Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, the hadith says that he used to recite the following dua in the morning and in the evening as well, right? So we, what we're going to do is we will separate them because the wording slightly changes for the morning and slightly changes for the evening, okay? So I'm going to recite the morning first and then the evening just to make it clear so that we, so that those who are listening can have a clear understanding and, and, and can hear clearly exactly how the morning must be recited and how the evening version must be recited. So for the morning he was, he instructed, or he used to recite every single morning, he used to say, Asbahna wa asbaha al-mulku lillah, walhamdulillah, la ilaha illallahu, wahdahu la sharika lah, lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. Rabbi as'aluka khayra ma fi hadha al-yawmi, wa khayra ma ba'dahu, wa a'udhu bika min sharri ma fi hadha al-yawmi, 
وشر ما بعده رب أعوذ بك من الكسل وسوء الكبر رب أعوذ بك من عذاب في النار وعذاب في القبر I will now read this with the transliteration for those who struggle to read in Arabic they will use the transliteration you can follow my recitation of it by following the transliteration bi-idhnillah Asbahna wa al-mulku lillah walhamdulillah la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir rabbi as'aluka khayra ma fi hadha al-yawm wa khayra ma ba'dahu wa a'udhu bika min sharri ma fi hadha al-yawm wa sharri ma ba'dahu Rabbi a'udhu bika min al-kasal wa su'il kibar Rabbi a'udhu bika min athabin fin nari wa athabin fil qabr This is the dua that he used to recite in the morning As for the version that comes with the evening Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say Amsayna wa amsal mulku lillah walhamdulillah لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير رب أسألك خير ما في هذه الليلة وخير ما بعدها وأعوذ بك من شر ما في هذه الليلة وشر ما بعدها رب أعوذ بك من الكسل وسوء الكبر رب أعوذ بك من عذاب في النار وعذاب في القبر and now we will recite it with a transliteration to assist those who are unable to recite it in Arabic. Amsayna wa amsal mulku lillah walhamdulillah la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. Rabbi as'aluka khayra ma fi hadhihi al-laylah wa khayra ma ba'daha wa a'udhu bika min sharri ma fi hadhihi al-laylah wa sharri ma ba'daha rabbi a'udhu bika min al-kasal wa su'il kibar rabbi a'udhu bika min athabin fin nari wa athabin fil qabr so the translation now and the explanation we will do is goes we have entered upon the morning or evening Right, depending now when you are saying it, of course, asbahna asbah al-mulkulillah would mean you are entering the morning. I'm saying now, I'm saying mulkulillah, you would say in the evening and so forth. What does this dhikr mean? We have entered upon the morning or evening and so too the whole kingdom of Allah has entered upon the morning or evening. All the praises for Allah. So this is how the dhikr starts. We start by acknowledging every morning we say this and every evening just before night time we say this. We acknowledging what? That we have entered the morning. We ourselves have entered the morning or the evening. And likewise, the entire kingdom of Allah that belongs to Allah has entered the morning and evening. And then what do we say? Alhamdulillah. We praise Allah. We thank Allah. Why? Because this is not possible except by His will. Except because of Him have we reached the morning. And the entire kingdom has reached the morning except because of Allah. Because of his favor, because of his rahmah, because of his assistance, and because of his will, because of his permission. So we acknowledge this point. We have reached the morning, and the entire kingdom of Allah has reached the morning or the evening. Walhamdulillah. And this is because of Allah. 
and therefore we say Alhamdulillah and all praises for Allah. Then we say the Tahleel once again. We go back to this Kalima to Tawheed, the statement of Tawheed, reminding ourselves again of the oneness of Allah, that we are in need of Him and that He is not in need of us. He is ala kulli shayin qadir. And all praise and, and dominion belongs to him. So we say, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika lah, lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadid. There's none worthy of worship except for Allah. And he is alone having no partner. To him belongs the dominion and to him belongs the praise and he's able to do all things. Of course, we can refer to the explanation of the tahleel for a more in detail uh, explanation of the tahleel. And then we say, Rabbi as'aluka, my Lord. We turn it to Allah. We turn to him alone and we ask him alone. This is the, the way of the believer, the, the mu'min, the muwahid, the person of tawheed. Rabbi, my Lord, I ask you, as'aluka khayra ma fi hadha al-yawm wa khayra ma ba'dah. Or for the evening, khayra ma fi hadhi al-laylah wa khayra ma ba'daha. I ask you for the good that is in this day or for this night and the good that will come after it. You are asking Allah here now for any and all types of goodness. Whatever good Allah has decreed in that day for any of his righteous slaves, whether it's of wealth, whether it's of health, whether it's of uh, a deeny benefit, whether it's increasing in knowledge, whether it's resetting and reciting the Quran, whether it's in any types of goodness, all types of goodness you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, for that day or for that night. And what follows it? of the next day and of the next night. You are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. And this is a very all very much an all-encompassing dua for all types of goodness. And that's endless. It's not restricted to any type of... It's for all types of goodness. And then we say, وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا فِي هَذَا الْيَوْمِ وَشَرِّ مَا بَعْدَهَ And for the evening, وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا فِي هَذِهِ اللَّيْلَ وَشَرِّ مَا بَعْدَهَ Meaning, I seek refuge in you. I turn to you, O Allah, and I seek protection in you from the evil of this day or this night and what follows it of evil. Meaning, whatever evil has been decreed for this night for myself or for anybody else, protect me from it. Protect me from this evil. And evil again is, is unlimited, it's unrestricted, it's not limited to anything. Or any type of harm or evil, it's all type of evil for that particular day, you are asking Allah to protect you from it. And all evil for that night, you are asking Allah to protect you from it, to protect you from it, and for the next day that follows, and the next night that follows. Powerful, all-encompassing du'as that the Prophet ﷺ used to uphold on a daily basis, and of course we should be upholding as well. And then we say, Rabbi a'udhu bika min al-kasal. My Lord, I seek refuge in you from laziness. Kasal. Subhanallah. I seek refuge in you from laziness. We make this dua morning and evening that Allah protects us from laziness. Because what is laziness? Laziness is when you have the ability to do something, but you don't do it. You are not like the person who's busy. You're not like the person who's unable or incapable. You are a person who has the ability to do it. You have the time to do it. To sit with the Quran, to seek knowledge, to make salah, to do whatever types of good there is to do. But because of laziness, we don't do we, we find time to do other things, but we don't find time to sit with the Qur'an, to read a beneficial book, to listen to a beneficial lecture, to attend a class on, on, uh, on, on deen and so forth. It's laziness. That's the only, there's no other excuse in reality. In fact, it's, it's just laziness. So here, we are being taught by the Prophet ﷺ to make dua against laziness. 
And laziness leads to being uh, incapable. At the end of after laziness comes, you, which means you, you just don't achieve anything. You just don't do anything. And that eventually leads to, to depression. And that leads to grief and sadness. And this is proven in the hadith where the Prophet said, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal, wa'udhu bika min al-jubni wal-bukhul, wa hammi wal-hazan, wa'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan, wa'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal. He taught this dua to his sahaba and said, Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from hamm and hazan, from worry and grief and sadness, and then from laziness and from ajiz, which is from incapabilities. And there's a link between the two, that that laziness is, is, is a cause for that grief and that worry and stress. It's because we don't do things, we become stagnant, and at the end of the day, we are unable to achieve Wallahu musta'an. Um, أعوذ بك من العجز والك سوري ربي أعوذ بك من الكسل وسوء الكبر. The next part of the dua is and that we seek refuge in Allah سبحانه وتعالى from سوء الكبر, from the hardships or the evils of old age, of old age. And again, this is such a powerful dua to be making on a daily basis. When we visit the elderly and we see the elderly, we see many of them. You know, as they get older, they suffer. As they get older, they go through a lot of difficulty. They go through a lot of difficulty. Whether it's dementia, whether it's Alzheimer's, whether it's, um, you know, they become senile, whether, they, you know, most of it, is, a lot of it becomes mental. For example, they, they're unable to remember things. They get confused with things. And they become very much a burden, not for themselves, but more upon their families and so forth. And of course, the other harms that comes with it, physical weaknesses, physical incapabilities, and so forth. And again, we just need to look at many of our elderly and see the hardships of old age, the evils that come with old age. This dua that we make on a daily basis in the morning and the evening, look how powerful it is. Protects, we are asking Allah to protect us against laziness and specifically also against that evils of old age, that hardship of old age. So that when we become old, we become old in a in a good way. We have to become old if we are going to live. We, will, we must get old. If, it, if Allah grants us a long life, then we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a long life, it's good. But we need to ask Allah for a long life upon righteousness, upon guidance, upon taqwa. And also in a way that we can, you know, be strong and not a burden on others. And this is a dua we should make. And this is a part, this is exactly what we are saying in this dua. And look at many of the great ulama. Many of the great ulama, 80, 90 years old. 80, 90, close to 100, some of them. But their minds are as fresh as, a, uh, fresher than, than some of ours. Allah musta'an, some of us are young in our, in our, in our primes, but they, their minds far, far surpass us. Their memories, recalling hadith upon hadith, thousands of hadith, Quranic ayat, with ease. Statements of all scholars, classical, latter-day scholars with ease. Their minds are fresh. Not just because they've been studying, but because of du'as like this as well that they uphold and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And then at the end of the du'a, we make another du'a for refuge and we say, Rabbi, a'udhu bika min a'adhaabin fil nari wa a'udhu bika min a'adhaabin fil nari wa a'adhaabin fil qabr. 
I seek refuge in you from the punishment of the hellfire and the punishment on, in the grave. And the reason these two are obviously mentioned specifically is because they are of the two most uh, terrifying and harshest of punishments. The punishment of the hellfire, number one, and then the punishment of the grave. If a person is saved from the punishment of the grave, he will be protected from the punishment of the hellfire, bi'ithillahi ta'ala. So we're making dua here specifically to protect us against the punishment of the adab in nar, or the punishment of the hellfire, and the punishment of the grave, which are, as I said, the most terrifying and harshest and most severe of punishments. The dunya's punishment cannot compare to that. It cannot compare to that. That will be the the ultimate punishments, the punishment in the, in the qabr and the punishment in the hellfire. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from that. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. But look at this dua. It's an all-encompassing, powerful dua that has so much benefit in it. If we uphold it, we recite it on a daily basis and we recite it with understanding. We recite it with our heart that's present. Every day we make these duas with our heart that's present. What khair, what barakah, what protection it will bring. Wallahu a'lam. The next dhikr is where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he instructed us and he said, in the morning say and in the evening say. So we first do the morning version. In the morning he said, or say he said in the morning, Allahumma bika asbahna, wa bika amsayna, wa bika nahya, wa bika namut. وَإِلَيْكَ النُّشُورِ اللهم بك أصبحنا وبك أمسينا وبك نحيا وبك نموت وإليك النشور Oh Allah, by you we enter the morning and by you we enter the evening. Similar to the previous decade, the way it started, we are acknowledging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his role that he plays. That it's only because of him that we entered the morning, that we reached the morning. It's only because of him that we reach the, the evening. Only because of his permission and his will and his assistance and his help, his divine help and his mercy that we have reached the morning and that we reach the evening. So every morning we start like this and we say this and we acknowledge this unto Allah and it gives us a reminder for the greatness of Allah and it gives us a reminder of our, our weakness. That if it's not for Allah, where will we be? We won't achieve anything. So it's a reminder for us first and foremost. And this is why again it's important to know what we are saying. To remember as we are saying, Allahumma bika asbahna. I reached this morning purely because of Allah, not because of myself. Not because of myself, not even for a blinking of an eye was it because of myself. It's only because of Allah. And the evening the same. In fact, my entire living is only because of Allah. It's every breath we take, every blinking of an eye, it's only because of Allah's permission that we are alive. And by you we live. And by you we die. As when Allah wants to decree mode for us, there's no turning back. There's no turning the angel back. There's no delaying it. When the time is there, the time has come. خلاص, it's, it's over. By Allah do we die. It's when, it's when He wants it to happen, it will happen. And nobody knows when it will happen. And then we say, and unto you, or to you is the resurrection. Everybody will then be resurrected back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Resurrection we know is going to happen. It's part of our iman that we believe in resurrection. That we believe that resurrection is going to take place. 
All people will die, every creation will die, and then it will come back up to be resurrected again in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the scholars mention, notice here, this is for the morning. Okay, you will see when we get to the evening's version, it's again slightly different. But the morning version obviously starts off with Asbahna, the evening starts with the Amsayna, meaning we've entered the evening first. But the ending is different because the ending of the morning says, Wa ilayka nushur. And unto you is the resurrection. And the example here is, is that every morning, our waking up is like a minor resurrection. It's a, it's a reminder of the major resurrection as well. Because when we wake up, we are waking up from a minor death. We have, when we sleep, we are like in a state of death. Our soul is slightly removed. And when we wake up, it's returned and we wake up with, with life. Allah puts, puts our, our life back into us. And that is why we say, for example, when we wake up, Alhamdulillah ladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhi nushur. All praise is due to Allah, the one who gave us life after amatana, after we died. Wa ilayhi nushur. And unto him is the resurrection. This dua is very similar in the sense that we are reminding ourselves that when we wake up, it's like a resurrection from the death, from dead, from the, from the dead. And this is like the major resurrection, and that's why we say, Wa ilayka nushur. And in that dhikr, we say, Wa ilayhi nushur. And unto him is the resurrection. So, this res- resurrection is, that we say in the morning is a reminder, as we are waking up in the morning, it's a reminder of the major, major resurrection as well. Subhanallah. The version of the evening, as we said, is slightly different. The Prophet وسلم, again, he said, Say in the evening, Allahumma bika amsayna wa bika asbahna wa bika nahya wa bika namut wa ilayka al-masir. This is the other difference. So we start off by saying amsayna now, which means we've reached the evening because of you. By you we enter the evening. And by you we enter the morning. By you we live and by you we die. And to you is the final return. And to you is the final return. Wa ilayka al-masir. Wa ilayka al-masir. This is the other difference to the morning. So the masir is mentioned now, that return to Allah. Again, when we enter the evening, we are heading towards our minor return, that sleep. It's a a, a, a type of death. It's like a small return to Allah. When we go and sleep, we don't know are we going to get up or not. So this is a reminder of the ultimate return. Look at the appropriateness of these, of the wordings that are used. Walhamdulillah. So again, this is another dhikr that we say. In the morning and again in the evening and again we will only truly reap the benefits if we say them with understanding. If we truly say Allahumma bika amsayna, it's Asr, you prayed Asr, it's evening time, you, you survive the day. By whose qudra? By whose ability? By whose permission? Allahumma bika amsayna. Oh Allah, by you do we enter this evening. Have we reached this evening? Because of you. Because of your mercy. Because of your permission. Because of your will. Because of your divine assistance and help, because of your rahmah, we've reached the evening. And again, we will reach the morning for the same reason. And we live and we die all because of you. And that final return is unto you. And now we think of that return. And we start to work towards that return. And we plan for that return. And our sleep, going to sleep, heading into the night, preparing for sleep is a, is a reminder of that return. And this is how the believer benefits from these powerful Perfect prophetic adhkar, walhamdulillah. There is no adhkar that, that compares to prophetic adhkar. As we said last week, we say it again, this is the best of adhkar. Another hadith 
teaches us another dhikr to say in the morning and the evening. The hadith says when one reaches the morning, he should say, أَصْبَحْتُ أُثْنِي عَلَيْكَ حَمْدًا وَأَشْهَدُ أَلَّا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ أَصْبَحْتُ أُثْنِي عَلَيْكَ حَمْدًا وَأَشْهَدُ أَلَّا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ I have entered the morning praising you. أَصْبَحْتُ I've reached the morning, I entered the morning, أُثْنِي عَلَيْكَ حَمْدًا Extolling your praises, singing your praises, praising you, O oh Allah. وَأَشْهَدُ And I bear witness. I testify that there is none or no deity worthy of worship except for Allah. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ This should be recited three times. This should be recited three times. In the morning and three times in the evening. Again, we will discuss immediately after this. So again, this is another dhikr that we recite. In the morning as we enter, we say, أَصْبَحْتُ I've reached the morning praising Allah. And we are telling Allah, we are speaking to Allah, Ya Allah, I've reached this morning and I'm in a state of praising you. Alhamdulillah, in the, with the best of praises, the praises of the Prophet wasallam, and I testify that there's none worthy of worship except Allah. I testify to this kalima, the statement of Tawheed, the most powerful statement on this dunya, that statement that will outweigh this entire dunya. I testify to this. There is none worthy of worship except Allah. I don't believe in anything except Allah. I don't worship anything except Allah. So this is what we say in the morning, a reminder of where we're at, praising our Rabb, extolling His praises, singing His praises, and we testify to the kalima of Tawheed. And the same will be said in the evening three times. I'm say to will be said now. I reach the evening. I've entered the evening praising you, extolling your praises. Uthni alayka hamdan. I'm say to uthni alayka hamdan. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ أَمْ سَيْتُ أُثْنِي عَلَيْكَ حَمْدًا وَأَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ I have entered the evening praising you and I bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except for Allah. This we recite three times in the evening. Simple dhikr, alhamdulillah. Brief, but again it contains a lot of benefit um, for us, alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Our last dhikr for today's lesson is a, an extremely powerful one. Our dhikr is, this dhikr is an extremely powerful one. This dhikr is known commonly as Sayyidul Istighfar. Sayyidul Istighfar. And the reason it's called that is because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, he said in this hadith, the most superior way to seek forgiveness, the best way to seek forgiveness, and then he said, he then taught us this dhikr. He then taught us, these wordings. He said the most superior way to seek forgiveness is, and then he taught us this one. So that already is enough of a reason to get our attention. That this is the best way to do istighfar. Who from amongst us is not a sinner? Every son of Adam is a sinner. But the best of those who sin, are those who often repent. Often repent. Every day. Every moment. Every hour. Every opportunity they get they repent this is the best of people طيب. but here the prophet sallallahu alaihi is specifically teaching us the best way to seek forgiveness and that again as i said is enough of a reason to get our attention so how do we read it allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa anta khalaqtani wa ana abduka 
wa ana ala ahdika wa wa'dika mastata'tu a'udhu bika min sharri ma sana'tu abu'u laka bi ni'matika alayya wa abu'u laka bi dhanbi faghfir li fa innahu la yaghfiru dhunuba illa ant that is the wording or the way that we should try and recite the sayyidul istighfar Tayyip, it should be recited once in the morning and once in the evening as part of the morning and evening adhkar. So, side note, does this mean we can't say this any other time? We know the sunnah is to recite it once in the morning, once in the evening. But if a person feels it's any time in the day, I want to make tawbah, I want to make istighfar, can I use this wording? Of course he can, no problem. But he mustn't stipulate and make it a sunnah every day after the I'm going to recite it. Every day I'm going to make it a part of... Uh, of the Maghrib, I'm going, no, the Sunnah is to recite it every morning, every evening once. If you want to recite it any other time, during the day or the morning, or, or, or the night even, you can recite it any time, no problem. La ba's, alhamdulillah, right? But don't stipulate it and make it a part of the, any other time of the day, like it is part of the morning and the evening. And I hope that's clear, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. The, the translation and the meaning of this dhikr. So we start off by saying, Allahumma anta rabbi. Oh Allah, you are my Rabb. You are my Lord. We turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. First things first. We turn to our Rabb. Our Rabb is our creator. Our Lord is who? He's our creator. He's our sustainer, our provider. And he's our owner. That's our Rabb. He's the one who's in charge of us. We belong to him. That's what we mean by our Rabb. Allahumma anta rabbi. When I say this, oh Allah, you are my Rabb. This is what I'm saying. Oh Allah, you're my creator. You're my provider. You're my protector. You're my sustainer. I belong to you. You're my owner. This is what that wording means. You are my, you are my Lord. Anta Rabbi. So this is how we start off the Sayyidul Istighfar. Oh Allah, you are my Rabb. You are my Lord. We turn into him first and foremost. We put all of our trust and our faith in his hand. You are my Lord. La ilaha illa ant. There is none worthy of worship except you. We're praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now. We are praising Him in the best way. With the words of Tawheed. Acknowledging, Ya Allah, I be, this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. This is what I, I live for. This is what I will die by. La ilaha illa ant. Not only are you my Rabb, but you are the only one that I worship. You are the only one that's worthy of worship. There is no ilah that's worthy of worship except you. So this is how we turn to Allah first and foremost. Oh Allah, you are my Rabb. There is none worthy of worship except you. I would not worship anybody but you. There is none that I can turn to but you. There is none that I can put my trust in but you, my reliance in but you. There is none that I fear but you. There is none that I worship but you, that, I'm ser- that I serve but you. La ilaha illa ant. Khalaqtani wa ana abduk. You have created me and I'm your slave. Making it clear, a reminder for ourselves first and foremost and stating to Allah, Ya Allah, you are our creator. You are the one who created us and we, I am your slave. You, are, you have created me and I'm your slave. Again, showing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that humility. We belittle ourselves in front of him and this is something noble and honorable. And it's something that's part of servitude and ubudiyah and worship. 
that we don't do for anyone but Allah. We don't do this, we don't turn to anyone like this and humble ourselves and belittle ourselves and even humiliate ourselves. This is not done to anybody but Allah. This is not done to anybody but Allah. A mu'min, he doesn't humiliate himself to others. Doesn't go kissing people's feet and bowing to other people and you know belittling himself and humiliating himself to people like you see in certain groups and so forth, sects and people go to their sheikh and they, and, and, and they do these things. It's not permissible. It's not permissible. But this is done to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We humble, belittle, belittle ourselves to Him. You are our creator and we are your slave. You are my creator, you have created me and I'm your, I'm your slave. I know my place. I'm your slave, Ya Allah. I'm a weak slave, but I'm your slave. And you're my creator. This is how we're turning unto Allah. Notice how we are praising Him. And this is part of the etiquette of dua that we praise Allah first. Before we ask what we want, we praise. We, we lavish Allah subhanahu we lavish His praises, we sing His praises, we extol His, His praises, and we acknowledge our faults and weaknesses. This is the key to having one's dua accepted. This is the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to be asked. And the Prophet is teaching us this formula in this dua, the best way to seek forgiveness. And then we say, وَأَنَا عَلَىٰ عَهْدِكَ وَوَعْدِكَ مَا اسْتَطَعْتُ I am upon your covenant and your promise to the best of my ability. I am upon your covenant and your promise to the best of my ability. My covenant that I've taken, my promise that I've taken of Iman, that I believe in you, that I worship you alone, that I would obey you, your orders and your instructions, that I abstain from your prohibitions. This is what I'm upon. This is the covenant that I've taken in your covenant that you've given, that, that we have acknowledged and that we have taken hold of. This is what we are holding on to. This is what I'm holding on to, the, to the best of my ability. Mastatat, to the best of my, as much as I can, as best as I can, I'm trying. I'm trying, Allah. We are already acknowledging our weakness by saying this. We are already acknowledging that we are imperfect by saying these words. I am, but we are there. Ya Allah, I'm here. Although I'm weak. I'm here, but I'm trying my best. I'm upon your covenant, your promise, to the best of my ability. A'udhu bika min shadri ma sana'at. I seek your refuge. I seek refuge in you. I seek your protection from the evil that I have done. And again here, yeah, we firstly acknowledge our bad, our evil that we've done, our sins, that we, our transgression that we've done. The boundaries that we've crossed, that Allah has placed and we've crossed them, we've committed these sins. But what are we saying? We acknowledge the sin, yes. But we are firstly saying, Ya Allah, I seek your protection from the evil of those sins. Remember, sins have effects. Sin is not just a sin, there are effects to the sins. Sins have so many bad and evil effects and that requires a lesson on its own. But sin can deprive one of risk, for example. Sins can bring about illness. Sins can bring about calamity. Sins can cause so much harm in your life, in your family's life and, and, and deprive you of so much good. You, because of your sin, you are turned away from ibadah. Because of your sin, you have turned away from you are turned away from uh, Quran or Qiyamul Layl. 
For example, Sufyan al-Thawri, rahimahullah, the great imam of the Tabi'een, he said, أَذْنَبْتُ ذَنْبًا فَحُرِمْتُ مِنْ قِيَامِ اللَّيْلِ He said, I committed one sin. And because of that sin, I was prevented from Qiyamul Layl for 40 nights, 40 days. Subhanallah, he knew because of that sin, since that sin, I never made Qiyamul Layl for 40 days. And of course, he then made Tawbah and he was able to wake up for Qiyam. And this is why we are unable to do so much good, it's because of our sins. Some of the, uh, I think it's Ibn Abbas radiallahu said, sins darken the face, blackens the face. And so forth. There are so many effects to sin. It leads to more sin. It leads to more sin which leads to Allah's wrath and punishment which leads to Jahannam. So when we say this, this is a very important part of the dhikr. أعوذ بك من شر ما صنعت Ya Allah, I seek your protection from the evil that I've done. From the effects of those sins. Let it not have a bad effect on me. Of all those effects that, that it can carry, let it not be, have a bad effect on me. From the evil of my sin, or the evil of the done, for example, that you don't forgive me. Or that I return back to the sin. That I go back and back and back to the same sin. Or that you punish me for that sin. This is what we are asking Allah when we say, I seek refuge in you from the evil that I have done. Meaning, don't let me go back to that sin, Ya Allah. Protect me from going back to that sin. Protect me from... The evil effects of that sin. Protect me from your punishment for that sin. Protect me from your uh, lack of forgiveness for that sin. Or your refusal to forgive me for that sin. Ya Allah, protect me from these things. From, because of the evil of, the, of what I've done. Powerful part of the dua. And then we say, Ya Allah, I acknowledge all your blessings that you've bestowed upon me. And again, brothers and sisters, when we say this, I acknowledge all the favors that you've given me. Ya Allah, you are speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He hears you. He is sami'un qareebun mujibun. He hears everything. He is close by. And he answers. But he only answers the one whose heart is attentive. As the hadith says, he does not respond to the one who is the heart that is negligent of heedless not focused not paying attention so when we say these words say it from the bottom of your heart I acknowledge your blessings upon me and think in that few moments think of all that blessings Allah has bestowed upon you for that day for every other day your family your iman your knowledge your following the Quran and the sunnah your parents, your children, your wealth that you have, your job that you have, your stability that you have. All of the favors, if you try to count the favors as Allah subhanahu wa you'd never be able to enumerate those favors. But try to think of those favors and when you say it, Abu ulaka bi-ni'matika alayhi, I acknowledge those favors, I don't deny them. I don't deny those favors that you've given, I'm not ungrateful to them. As much as I'm a sinner and I'm weak, but I acknowledge these are the favors of my Rabb. These are, my, are the favors that you've bestowed upon me. I acknowledge all of these favors that you've bestowed upon me. And I acknowledge my sins. At the same time, all of that favors you've given me, Allah, I acknowledge, I also acknowledge my weakness. 
I also acknowledge my sins, my shortcomings. I also acknowledge all of the sins that I've done. And this is the key to Tawbah. The key to Tawbah is to acknowledge if you are going to deny and be in denial and refuse, uh, you know, you justify your sins and you belittle your sins and it's nothing and it's this and it's that. Such a person will never repent. But here we are acknowledging our sins. Ya Allah, I acknowledge my sins. You think what? Think of your sins that you did for that day. Think of your sins that you did the previous day, the previous night, the previous week, the previous months, and so forth. And acknowledge those sins to Allah. Acknowledge them as sin. Because the next part says, فَغْفِرْلِي So forgive me. I acknowledge your favor upon me, all of those. And I acknowledge my sins, so please forgive me. So forgive me, Ya Allah. So forgive me. فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتِ for no one can forgive sins but you. If you are not going to forgive me, Allah, who is going to forgive me? As Allah says in Surah Al-Imran, and who can forgive sins but Allah? There is none that can forgive our sins. When we ask Allah, for, when we ask for forgiveness, we ask from Allah alone. We don't say, Ya Rasulullah, forgive us. Ya this one, Ya that one, forgive us. Ya Allah, forgive us. So forgive me for all of my weakness, for all of my shortcomings, for all of my transgression, because there is none that can forgive me but you. You have, this dua is so beautiful and so powerful. In it we have turned to Allah alone. In it we have acknowledged Him as the only one worthy of worship, as our Rabb, our Creator, our Sustainer, our Provider, our Protector, our Owner. In it we have acknowledged who we are as the slave and he is our creator, the master. In it, we've acknowledged that we are trying our best upon Allah's covenant and upon his promise. And we're seeking his protection from our evil deeds, from the effects of our deeds and the sins of, that, uh, of our sins, that we don't go back to them, that Allah doesn't punish us for it and so forth. And in it, we acknowledge all of his bounties and favors upon us. And then we acknowledge our weaknesses and our sins. And then we say, Ya Allah, forgive us. Faghfirli, forgive me. So forgive me. Because none can forgive me but you. Who can I turn to but turn to you, Ya Allah, to forgive me? There's none that I can turn to, Ya Allah. Again, we are now showing Allah how much in need we are of Him. How weak we are and how perfect He is. How low we are and how high He is. This is the beauty of this dua. And this is why this dua is Sayyidul Istighfar. It is all-encompassing. It is extremely powerful. And it truly teaches us the best way to seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. So, that is the end of today's lesson. Alhamdulillah. Oh, Afan. The, firstly, um, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whomsoever recites it during the day with firm faith in it, he recites it with understanding, he believes in what he is saying, 100%. And he dies on the same day before that evening comes, he will be from the people of paradise. And if somebody says it at night, does it in the evening with firm faith in it and dies before the morning he will be from the people of paradise subhanallah what better reward can there be firstly we acquire the forgiveness because it's a, it's a dua of istighfar and secondly the one who says it every morning every evening morning evening the prophet is telling us if this is the way you are you upholding the zikr you are saying it with iman and yaqeen and conviction paradise is basically yours so who from again, is this something that we can, can, can be neglectful of? Wallahu al-musta'an, the answer 
is, is, is clear for all. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk next week bi idnillah we will speak we will carry on with the rest of the adhkar um, insha'Allah ta'ala assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu